Hoffaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is Friday, September 8th, 3.04 p.m. here on Live Till 5, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, KHMG. Glad to have you with us. Two hours of live, local, talk and variety programming. Been doing this now for 230 episodes. This is our 230th episode, Fridays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on 88.1 FM. You can also catch us on the web, khmg.org. You can listen to the live stream on khmg.org. You can also download the podcast of this show and many other great shows that we produce here at KHMG. There on the website. Just go to khmg.org and check us out. There's a lot there, a lot of different ways to listen. You don't have to have a radio to listen to the radio anymore. You can listen through the website there. Also, find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Find us and uh, follow us. Then you get updates anytime we, we do upload a new podcast of this show or other shows. Or we'll send out updates often about different new music or programming we have here on 88.1 FM. And you can basically just stay in touch with us that touch with us that way. And it's a great way for you also to let us know that you're listening. Because you can send us a message. You can give a little thumbs up to the things we post. We love to hear from you. We love to know that you're listening. You know, we get a notice every time there's a new view of our Facebook page, we get a notice. And so we love to see that kind of response. So please go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and follow us and stay engaged and informed. Now this show here, Live Till 5, is intended to entertain you a little bit, of course. I like to do everything with a little bit of fun, as long as it's appropriate for the situation. We like to educate you and inform you and build you up in your Christian walk, edify you. So a little bit of everything on this show. We have some regular segments for those of you who are new to the show every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. Not only do we talk about some things that are happening here at Harvest Ministries, but we also talk about things that are happening in our community, things that are happening around the world in the news. I share with you some stories that I come across throughout the week, sometimes submitted by listeners, sometimes ones I find on my own that I call stranger than fiction because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. There are just some stories, the way they're written or the topic, they can either be infuriating or hilarious. We also do This Day in History with Lawrence Nagengast. We do a little quiz time with Sebastian Basildua. We have What's in My Coffee with free drinks provided by The Hub, one of my favorite segments. We have an idiom game where I go through idioms, different meanings and origins of phrases that we use. We have a little segment called The Buck Stops Here where... I take quotes that inspire people, different leaders around America. What quotes do they have on their desk to remind themselves? And then we do have kind of the observations and holidays of the month, which I did hear from at least one of our listeners uh, through the grapevine, GM. This is her favorite segment. So this is for you, GM. We have uh, the observances and holidays 
of this month, September. Today is September 8th. It's 3.08 p.m. if you're listening to the live broadcast. Oh, maybe you're listening on Saturday afternoon from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Don't be alarmed. This is recorded live for two straight hours on Friday, but we rebroadcast it in its entirety Saturdays from noon to 2, Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. So catch us on the rebound. So you might be listening to it then. Back to the observances of September. It's a funny month. It's fruit and veggie month. Go wild during California wild rice month. Great American low cholesterol, low fat pizza bake month. That just doesn't sound like something to celebrate to me. But anyway, happy cat month, healthy aging, home and sports eye safety, hunger action, intergeneration, international people skills, international self-awareness, international speak out, international square dancing, strategic thinking, heritage, leukemia and lymphoma awareness, library card sign-up month, and million minute family challenge month, to name a few. That's just a few. The list goes on and on. We'll share a few of those each week. As far as some special days observances, quite a few this month as well. Yesterday was International Enthusiasm Week. Yay! Uh, Ended yesterday on the 7th. Uh, This weekend starts International Housekeeping Week. Housekeepers Week, sorry. National Assisted Living Week. Uh, Tomorrow ends, or Sunday ends, the National Days of Prayer and Remembrance. Tomorrow begins National Drive Electric Week. Sunday, National Environmental Services Week. National Nephrology Nurses Week, the 10th through the 17th. National Suicide Prevention Week ends on Sunday. National Truck Driver Appreciation begins on Sunday. Waffle Week ends tomorrow. Maybe end that week-long celebration by making your family some waffles tomorrow. Making yourself some waffles. Going out for waffles. Popcorn Days starts tomorrow through Monday. And then there are a number of other special things happening. How about the weeks? Today, being the 8th, is Banana Day. International Literacy Day. Ampersand Day, National Date Nut Bread Day. You ever had date nut bread? I've had banana nut bread. My grandma Mary used to make banana nut bread in a boont pan. Yes, it was a boont. And uh, then she would wrap it in foil or cellophane, which she called cellophane, like plastic wrap, then in foil. Then she would put paper towel inside of one of those Danish cookie tins. You know what I'm talking about? And did you know a Bundt cake fits perfectly into a Danish cookie tin? Yes, it does. And my grandma would put the Bundt cake into the Danish cookie tin, and that's how she would store her Bundt cake. And then, kind of a bittersweet story, my grandmother passed away. But before she passed away, she had put a cake, a banana nut cake, in the mail for me and mailed it to Japan where I was stationed in the Air Force. And it arrived about a month after she had passed away, which was a wonderful surprise uh, coming from my grandmother. So there you go. And that is uh, today is the National Date Nut Bread Day, Pardon Day, Pediatric Hematology and Oncology Nurses Day, Stand Up to Cancer Day, and World Physical Therapy Day. Tomorrow, 9-9. Remember what we call the, the months where the day and the month are the same number? It's a Bonza Butler Day. 
Tomorrow is a Bonza Butler Day, where, where the number of the day and the number of the month coincide. 9-9. Care Bears Share Your Care Day. That's hard to say as a grown man. Farmers Consumer Awareness Day. Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders Day. International Drive Your Studebaker Day. Clean Out Your Garage. Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children. Iguana Awareness. National Teddy Bear Day. Prairie Day. And Wiener Schnitzel Day. On the 10th, National Grandparent Day. National Hug Your Hound Day. Pet Memorial. Pet Rock. Swap Ideas. TV Dinner. And World Suicide Prevention. The 11th. One thing to remember on September 11th. It is the 9-11 Remembrance Day. The 12th, National Ants on a Log, National Chocolate Milkshake, National Day of Encouragement, Video Games Day. 13th, International Chocolate Day, Take Over the Kitchen Day, Celiac Awareness, Peanuts Day, Programmers Day, Scooby-Doo Day, and Snack-A-Pickle Time. And then the 14th, Eat a Hoagie Day, Live Creative Day, and National Cream-Filled Donut Day. So next Thursday, National Cream-Filled Donut Day. Maybe the guys at our Bible study there at the House of Chin Fee at 11 a.m. every Thursday morning, maybe we'll get some cream-filled donuts for our Bible study on that Thursday. Yeah, we'll see. Well, anyway, there's a lot going on in September. It's been a good month so far, and we have a lot to look forward to. We're going to take a short break for Harvest Highlights and a little few little spots and then we'll come back more live till five i'm jared baldwin your host it is 3 14 p.m on friday september 8th this is live till five on 88.1 fm harvest family radio stick around more live till five after this short break Welcome back to Live Till 5, 321 p.m. You know, every once in a while on live radio, you just accidentally unplug your own microphone. Yeah, that just happened. It's 321 p.m. on Friday, September 8th. You're listening to Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is our 300, no, sorry, 230th episode of Live Till 5. Two. Three zero that many episodes, and you can get many of those as downloaded, downloadable podcasts on our website khmg.org. We'd love to have you go there, subscribe, listen, comment. We'd love to hear from you. You can also go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. We love hearing from our listeners that way. We're not aware of any electronic device that identifies how many people are listening to the radio but we can tell who gets on our website downloads our live stream or connects to our live stream downloads our podcast etc khmg.org is also a great resource for other excellent biblical programming building great leaders with dr les olala living redemptively with dr douglas mclaughlin take note with chris harper and other sermons harvest echoes Messages that have been preached here at Harvest in the past by great preachers. Harvest Time. 
etc., etc. A lot of great programs on there, and you can download those podcasts. And Do you know we broadcast into North Korea from here? We partnered with Transworld Radio, and they broadcast into North Korea and into Asia. Billions of people in the region that Transworld Radio is broadcasting into, and we have the privilege of teaming up with them and broadcasting our Heart of Harvest program. We call it Heart of Harvest Asia. And it's a real blessing for us to be able to do that. And so we want to also commend Transworld Radio Guam. Just this week celebrated their 40th year of broadcasting from Guam into Asia. And many of the places they broadcast into are limited or restricted or totally closed access nations. So congratulations, Transworld Radio, Grant Hodgins, all the folks down there at the Transworld Radio uh, Guam office, field office, transmitter site down there in Marizzo. It They're doing a great job and uh, very, very impressive. When we got to go down and take a tour this week, me and a bunch of the guys went down there. Uh, actually, it was everyone from this show. Lawrence was there. Sebastian was there. Chris was there. Chris's son, Stephen, went. And we just had a great time. Joe Sarney even went with us and just had a fun time. Actually, Sebastian wasn't there. Now I think about it. That was Joe, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Sorry. Sebastian was going to come, and then he got delayed. That's what it was. But it was a great tour anyway. Had a great time. Got to see everything they explained to us. We even got to hear testimonies of three different people that received the broadcast from Guam. And might not be our Heart of Harvest Asia broadcast necessarily, but the receiving broadcasts in their countries. One was in the Philippines right after Typhoon Yolanda or Typhoon Haiyan. They had a, a letter from a believer there. One was a letter from a believer in Myanmar, Burma. And one was a letter, surprisingly, from a believer in North Korea. That was really impacting. So congratulations, Transworld Radio. Now, as we move on, this is a regular segment that we have every week. One of my favorites. It is called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a successful person, including but not limited to statesmen, theologians, presidents, pastors, barons of industry. This one you might not know by name, but maybe by affiliation. Joseph J. Jacobs, 1947. Joseph J. Jacobs went into business as Jacobs Engineering Company operating as both an engineering consultant and a manufacturer's representative for process equipment, whatever that means. When he retired, things started to go wrong under the new chief executive officer, and the personnel relations also deteriorated badly. By the time he was persuaded to return, uh, after about four years, bankruptcy was near at hand. He had two choices, accept bankruptcy or swim as strong as he could for solid land far ahead. Today, the company is one of the world's largest and most diverse providers of professional technical services with annual revenues exceeding $11 billion with a B. And what did Joseph J. Jacobs have as a little sign on his desk? The sign said, Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times. Joseph J. Jacobs. That's the buck stops here. All right, I just love reading what inspires people, even if 
you know, I don't know if I agree with what inspired them or agree with the person who has it on their desk, but I just think it's interesting to find out uh, what what motivates people. That's always kind of a fun thing. Now, I want to take another short break, and as all the guys come pouring, flooding into the office, uh, using a meteorological term, as we experience a lot of flooding today around here, and when we come back, we're going to play a little What's in My Coffee? This Day in History, the quiz with Sebastian Basil Dua, one of our listeners texted and said we should call it just a Basil Dua. So, you know, we're, we're working on that. We, we're still kind of hung up on uh, Music Boy or, or uh, Music Buddy or something like that with Sebastian as well. Chris Harper's here as well. And even Joe Sarney's going to be taking our picture silently. <laughs> I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. It's 3.27 p.m. on Friday, September 8th, episode 230 of Live Till 5. Stick around more Live Till 5 after this short break. back with a little more live till five it's friday september 8th 3 31 p.m here at the worldwide headquarters of khmg harvest family radio broadcasting high atop the campus of harvest ministries from our spacious ocean view studio well you can't actually see the ocean from our studio unless you go up on the roof but we have a peekaboo view if you go into the break room and you stand on your toes Way over in the corner, and you look past the corner of the elevator shaft on a clear day, you can see just a little, little spit of uh, ocean on the horizon. That's your nearsighted, then. Yeah, well, and you then, can't. then you know, it's not a spacious ocean <laughs> view. It's just a spacious campus view. Campus view is good too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful campus. Sure. Mm-hmm. Looking out at the quickly uh, emptying car line, the soccer field, the flags. Gently, is there is there a better word than flopping? Uh, blow, they're not blowing. The flags are are kind of responding to the wind, so it's like they're they're moving. What would be a good word for for the flags? What yep. are you mouthing? <laughs> watermelon. Watermelon. You're so mean. <laughs> the 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 flags are gently flowing in the breeze. I guess you could say. So anyway, hey, all the guys are here. We're here. We we are uh, ready to accept our fate, which is to imbibe upon the drinks that have been provided to us so generously uh, by the hub. Yes. This is one of our favorite segments cooperatively, which oh. is brought to us by the hub. Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore. The best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, gifts, a couple Yankee candles, a few... Water tumblers. There's even a beautiful poster of Guam painted by local artist Anita Bendo, raising money for uh, one of our alumni's health care, health needs. I'm to be Anita's daughter. I go down to the hub every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Today, I think I was in there like three times. Spent about three or four hours in there. They have free Wi-Fi, hot malasadas, one for 150, two for 250, or a combo of a malasada and a 
hot coffee for three bucks. Excellent deal. Just a nice staff all around. Great people. Sebastian's future sister-in-law works in there as well. So <laughs> he has kind of an in. So anyway, hey, we, we're all uh, uh, working our way through these free drinks. Uh, Sebastian and I have iced drinks. And then Chris and Lawrence, I believe, have hot drinks. So why don't we start with uh, Chris? Yes. You, you seem like you three. enjoyed it. Yes, you're number three. This is really good. This is, I think this is the hot apple cider that they have around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But I, I second guess that a little bit because it is a spicy, it is a spicy drink. Maybe they're testing the Christmas drinks out on us, but it doesn't have the the same tang as it did last mm-hmm. year. So, mm-hmm. so maybe it is just an experimental drink but so you not only really are trying to discern what the drink is you're also trying to discern the motive behind the drink i am yeah. that's that <laughs> is a new twist because what's in my coffee and why did they give it to me and why is it here and why is it well here? yeah that's what's in my cup and why is it in my cup you just sent me on a who gave me a cup because Sorry. i listen i watch documentaries and stuff and they they have the the historians on there and I, one thing i always complain about when that happens is that they talk non-stop about the motives of the people involved right and this my wife just ask my wife you can't watch a, a, a documentary <laughs> i can with imagine me because they're always commenting on the motives of people right, right. which they can't possibly if it's not know. expressly they stated cannot possibly exactly. know right and they just go well i think his motive was this and i'm like okay we're way outside historian here. Now we're into yes. like clairvoyant. But that's, that's entirely they, that is entirely appropriate that's for this why segment. They usually list yeah, about this segment, four motives. Clairvoyance is clairvoyance fine. is actually it's a prerequisite. It is. Yeah. Yes. We set the bar very high. That's right. <laughs> you have to be you know uh, an a clairvoyant uh, uh, tongue and wit. Yes, or a, wow. a, a savant. Mm. Didn't I think they used to call them idiot savants? But I don't know if that's politically correct anymore. Maybe but a, a clairvoyant or a savant, mentally challenged, maybe, savant? maybe. I don't, uh, I yes, don't know. they were. They were. <laughs> well, see, the word idiot didn't mean the same thing back then. It means now. It was someone that just was the unusual. A who? Uh, nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. So uh-huh. you believe that this was made as an experiment, testing out what the future Christmas drink might be. Probably That's an apple, suspicion. spicy apple cider, but not the same recipe as last it's, year. It's very creamy. It's yeah. almost mm-hmm. more creamy than yeah. I thought it was last year. Okay. Are you feeling Lawrence, is yours similar? Well, you actually, I, I, I talked to the head barista down there who okay. runs the joint. Yes. That's insider trading. It was size. insider trading. Yeah, Martha Stewart. I, yeah. <laughs> easy. I didn't know, <laughs> I, didn't know uh, I would have been drinking this this afternoon, but he said, at some point, you've got to try the new apple cider because... It's a new recipe and a new thing we're doing this year. Mm, so that's, I, why. that's why it tastes different. It is a little bit more, it's a more hearty apple cider because if you look it inside, um, it's got like parts of the apple in it. Whoa. Like, Whoa. Well, like it's got apple yeah. chunks. Well, yeah. not chunks. That would drive business away. It's got. Oh, if you just called them that, more of a didn't apple do that pieces. for bubble tea, did it? No, it, it <laughs> drove it to it. Bubble yeah. bubbles, yeah. Mm. bubble bubbles. Interesting. Um, so it's just a little bit more. I mean, it smells. You good. open it up, it looks like a coffee. It's, oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's got a little I, crema on it top. Is, I don't care. I love. Yeah, it. sure. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna find <laughs> out here. I have it written on this little piece of paper. I just haven't read it yet. Sebastian, yours looks. Fresh and refreshing. Oh, it is very refreshing, and it is iced and in a clear container. Are you ready for this adventure? I am. All right. Um, imagine you're 
on a ski sl- slope. Okay. I, okay. All right. You're on the ski slope, and you're. Uh, I'm taking people on an adventure. In Chris the is asking why because but that's okay. But don't ask. <laughs> okay. So you're going down this this hill. All right. And you're going. You're going through the and the the snow is just the powder just coming up in your face. You know, hits your face and it's, oh, it's a little cold. And then you start losing control. Oh my! And you start losing control, and then you hit a tree before you think. Before you even know it, <laughs> we'll you call crash. You okay, you crash. All right, into a bush, a fruity bush. And okay, a fruity it happens bush. to be Calamans or uh, Calamansi bush. Yeah. Oh, and, and right there you're, in the ski as slope, you, huh? As, as you're <laughs> there, it just doesn't make any sense. But it just you're laying there with a broken leg, but you have. <laughs> This but really you have cool a Calamansi feeling. bush. You have this really cool feeling coming Around over you, you as well. <laughs> yes. It's like this minty feeling uh-huh. as well. Oh. It's this cool mint feeling. Wintergreen okay. even. And you're okay with it all because it just... Yeah, you're okay with it all. <laughs> it's no problem. It's and as, as you, your, your body lays there melting the snow, it all mingles together and you decide to take a sip of... The sweet yes. nectar of Calamansi, Calamansi mint. mint. Yes. Okay, excellent. Those of Thank those you of writing. you playing along that at was home, both beautiful and tragic. <laughs> yes, uh, calamansies. I like how you didn't mind. You broke your leg. Yes, yes, and the calamansies. <laughs> so, calamansies <laughs> grow on trees. No pushes. So oh, it's, a, it's like a lemon tree, basically. This tree had fallen over. And the thorns are three inches long, <laughs> like a dogwood. So if you did that, you probably died as well. It There's would be so much wrong with that <laughs> yes, scenario. It would become a. It would be a. a uh, it would be tinted red. Let's just say that. Oh, so wow. Anyway. So a little different. So okay. So Yikes. mint calamansi. Mine here. They even put my initials on it, which is so nice. JB. I don't know what it is. It tastes like a sugar-free. Um, it's definitely a sugar-free iced latte. Possibly it's it's creamy. Definitely has espresso. Has a sugar-free. Uh, uh, hint to it, which some people do not like that sugar-free taste, that aspartame. Aspartame hint. And um, and my wife wants me to stop drinking things with aspartame in it, mm-hmm. but when it's given to me in the line of duty, I feel obligated to drink it. Um, yeah. So I believe this is a sugar-free hazelnut or a sugar-free coconut or a sugar-free... Vanilla, because that's the only three sugar-frees they have. I would go with sugar-free or caramel. I'll go with sugar-free hazelnut latte, iced latte, which I would order exactly this drink again. Would you order your drink again, Sebastian? I would definitely order it. Chris? I would order mine right after I finish this one. Yep. I would, I'd go yep. down there now. Okay, yeah. Just pick up, <laughs> I would pick up four down for us. there. I would ski down okay, there. Okay, so <laughs> you have the Mint Monsi, which is a special drink. Oh, I called it. I believe it's three bucks, and the... Uh, hub is open for 19 more minutes. Break a uh, number two, sugar-free vanilla and caramel latte. They threw me off by two flavors, but I really Ooh. appreciate it. And number three and four, the apple cider. And you guys were That's right. Great. Even your the intent, Chris, got wow. the, the story behind the story, the subtext he got. They just got this new, it's ap- spiced, so it's pre-spiced, apple cider concentrate. They boil down the apple cider, put it in this little jug, Mail it to us from central Vermont, not yeah, too far from Killington. That's what you told me. Pump it out. Wow. Steamed water. Instantly, it tastes better than heating up regular apple cider because regular apple cider, when you heat it up, tastes a little watery. So, And they have to add all kinds of extra spice to offset that. And then the thing that made it a little creamy, they have a little secret. They might, they might have just put a little pump 
of caramel sauce in it. Ghirardelli caramel sauce. Oh, boy. So you guys have the same thing? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, because they're great. really trying to promote it. Because this is going to be a, a big deal. This is going to be huge. Not even a bad thing. I think Joe Sarney's going down to buy one right now. Yeah. There you go. See? Yeah. Hey, that, Goodbye, that's, Joe. This, this it's episode fall has time been successful. In here. It is fall time in here. That's yeah. right. It it's is. Like we're going down the yep. ski slopes. Yes. I'm, yeah, not even you know? ski slopes. I'm just looking for a pile of leaves to jump in. Oh, I'll yeah. take that. Oh, man. Yeah. That Killer would be thorn. so much fun. We have a pile of coconuts around here. Yeah. <laughs> Killer coconuts. So thank you to the baristas uh, down at the hub. They are so gracious to us. And thank you, listeners, for uh, playing along with us. I hope you stop by the hub. They're open every day, 7.30 to 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, and after the Sunday morning church services as well. And nicest baristas on the planet, maybe in the whole galaxy. I don't know about the whole universe, but definitely the Milky Way, we're, we're in the top three. And then the planet, definitely dominate the niceness category for baristas, specifically baristas. Customer service personnel, they're up there, but barista's way up there. Good. Nice. I mean, you walk in, first thing you think is just, this is a nice place, nice people. I don't know nice. how to comment further. It's, I'm liking this No adventure. need. No need. I, I just, <laughs> uh, it's enough said. Okay, Sebastian. Let's just go. a basil do it. Let's have a, let's have a quiz, shall we? Let's. Our theme today, by the way, storms and storm preparation, storm preparedness. We want to be ready. After driving in in one foot deep of water this morning, uh, cars stalling on the road, almost no visibility, and all the storms happening in the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico, it's just a reminder, you know what, we probably need to be prepared. So today we are going to do a little storm prep, and I asked Sebastian to please, please do a quiz about storms and catastrophes. Yeah, okay, well, I call this one the quiz foon. <laughs> all right. I, it was really hard to come up with something. Okay, so don't. Sorry, my me. mic must have cut out there. I, 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 I'm <laughs> yeah. sure I was laughing. <laughs> or, or a quizicane. No, this is typhoons. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's hard. All right, typhoons and hurricanes. Or no, this this might be a bit harder of a quiz or easier. It's just um, the first couple questions are like there's no even multiple choice. I'm just going to ask you what it means okay. and stuff like that. Okay, so. Uh, Chris, much of this information comes from what you gave me. Awesome. <laughs> and maybe like one Wikipedia. So I didn't read it. Maybe it. one I, Wikipedia. No, thing. I didn't read it. Oh, yeah. I got it at the I got it well at a meeting you were at. Oh. So and, if you uh, read it, you guys should be good. It should be golden. But this is for many people who I might not know many of these basic things like me. Not I didn't yet. know most of this thing. Okay, well here we go. All right, so core is an acronym issued by the government of Guam. What does it mean? What, what, is, I, what does I that acronym I was mean? First. <laughs> you can, you can, okay. let's, let, how about, uh, in this case, age before beauty does not apply. So you guys go. Let's go the the way a cyclone goes. You know, it rotates oh. this way, right? Are you yeah. sure? Or it depends I, on if you're north or south of the equator. Oh, man. Either know. way, I'm going second. <laughs> it's a condition of readiness. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm. Yep. I trust my weather, man. Well, Unless you're speaking in. Uh, Spanish, it's condition of readiness. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, yes, it's condition of readiness. Congrats, you all got a point there, which means Great. no one got a point. Uh, based on information from the National Weather Service, the island will follow these guidelines. Okay. So, how many core stages are there? Four. 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 
Wow, you guys are all so smart. We've done this. I didn't know this, though. A lot of this information, I didn't know. I actually did this quiz so you could get yourself ready because you're going to be working this weekend. So I just wanted you to be alert to what happens during storms. Is there a storm out there right now in the Pacific? There there is a tropical depression. Yes. 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 But we're already getting the rain from it. So by the time it became anything, it'd be past us. It's north of Chuuk and stuff, which is definitely good for us. But it it looks ugly on the radar loop. I mean, it does look ugly, but usually the ones that look bad right now usually aren't that bad. We're just, we're coming into rainy season. I mean, we should have had this a month Honestly, ago. Honestly, this yeah. morning I woke up and my first thought was, besides, wow, it's it's raining, is this, this is what I know of rainy season. The yeah, whole past right. month, normally it starts We've in August. Very easy, We've, the yes. last five weeks yep. have been phenomenal weather for it being rainy season. Yep. Yeah. I woke up this morning thinking, first, wow, it's raining. Second, where's my shirt? <laughs> Yeah. You know, but that was, that's, that's just option. what I woke up. You said <laughs> you, you were thinking it, about you know I the weather. Saying, well, welcome the to rainy season. Can I share something were, funny were, real quick? Yes, this morning, yes. I didn't have a car to drive up here, and I didn't have an umbrella, so I was walking around with a beach towel oh, on my head. Are you serious? And so, and it was really funny because I'm walking. It's like downhill, you know. So all the rain is coming down. Oh yeah, you know? it's like a foot deep. So you know how you usually try to avoid like those big puddles on mm-hmm. the road because those cars can like splash you right, when they yeah, drive by right well unfortunately the whole road was a big puddle yes right. so no matter where i went i wasn't safe so one car splashed me as i was walking up to work oh, and no. then the other one was kind and slowed down for me as i tried oh, to jump man. swim across the pond <laughs> wow. but yeah hey hey are you work. on your bridal registry are you uh <laughs> registered for an umbrella because if not i i get you one or galoshes <laughs> yeah I, galoshes i have only I midwesterners call the last it that. umbrella i bought was in china which is a long time ago. And I still have it, but I left it here. I forgot it up here. Ooh, and, not a good place to have it. And it's not in good condition yeah. anymore. That's why. But um, Okay. Okay. So back moving, at it. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> which is the most urgent core? Core one or core four? Core one. Core yeah, one. It, is, it is core one because we're always Come in on. core four. I almost yeah. had Lawrence. He was so ready for core I four. I know. It is core one. An easy way to remember this. Core four equals normal mode. Core three equals info mode. Core two equals storm mode. And core one equals emergency mode. That's yep. the easy way to remember. I now. guess so. That's what they said. Okay. <laughs> okay. Seems, Not my word. Seemed like next, a lot of material. Next question. What is the number one factor in a typhoon that kills people? Um, I'm Debris. Gonna, I'm going to oh, let you guys sorry. guess this. Yeah. What's, oh, what's the number, number one? one factor? Yeah. The, and typhoons the, that kill people? The wind speed? Wind speed, so wind. Yeah, I'd say it's the wind and what it blows uh, with it. Okay. Um, I think it is. Uh, uh, it's a tougher one. Yeah, I I would think uh, maybe amoebic dysentery. Hmm. What? That's nothing to laugh about if you've had it. Um, I think uh, uh, collapsing buildings, things falling on people, stuff like that. Okay. Well. It's. I'm not going to give it to any of you. It's the storm surge. Oh yeah, the deadliest storm surge on record was the 1970 Bola cyclone, which killed up to 500,000 people in the area of the Bay of Bengal. Yeah, yes. Well, there's a lot that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. uh, Next question: Which country out of this list has been hit the most by cyclones? Mm. Vietnam, Japan, Philippines, or China? So by the word use of cyclones, which is an Indian Ocean term, that narrows it down. Well, these are cyclonic activity can be hurricane or or yeah, they all have been hit by 
Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying the name you use. Tropical is, cyclones, ah, basically. He's, yeah, he's tropical an analyzer. Cyclone. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to say China because I just I was size. I was reading about something where there's certain cities in China that literally get hit every single year without without uh, fail. So uh, I think I'm going to say China. Was the Philippines an option? Yes. Yeah, I'll go with that just to spice it up. Uh, like Philippines, Vietnam, yeah. China, and what was the J- fourth? Japan. Japan. I would say Japan. Okay. Chris was right. It was China. Yeah, they um, do have the most coastline, big, too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was thinking. But and uh, I thought and Philippines, Philippines it is, you know, you'd think that because it got wrecked, you know, like a couple years ago by yeah. that one huge, huge storm. So Yeah, I was I was watching something from, on Amazon about, um, oh, this was a while ago now, but it was about China and cities that get hit every year. Like they never, it's it's clockwork. Every single year they get hit. And I was thinking, I didn't know there were places like that. Yeah. I mean, they're not always as big, but. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, all right. Last question here. Well, um, it's also multiple choice. So which is the most intense tropical cyclone on record wow. based off wind speed? Okay. Yeah. Like by so, name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm giving you names. Don't oh. Well, so, it, oh. it won't make a difference. <laughs> Michael. Uh, okay. Ty- Jim, Jimmy. Uh, typhoon <laughs> tip in the Northwest Pacific Ocean on October ni- in October 1979. Wow. Typhoon Nancy in the Northwest Pacific on September 12, 1961. Or Typhoon Olivia, which struck Australia in 1996. Uh, Nancy. Nancy. I was going to say, I've heard of Nancy. I've heard of I'm going to go with Nancy as well. Hmm. I would go with tip just to be... Uh, contrary. <laughs> you should have been other contrary because it was Australia. Olivia, Typhoon Olivia, yeah. which it struck Australia. Sense. It had two with the wind speeds of 253 miles per hour. What? Um, Typhoon Tip had 190 mile per hour. Typhoon Nancy had 213 mile per hour. But uh, Australia in 1996 took the cake with 253 miles per hour. Did it, did it hit hour. Darwin? Is that the area where up north or? Because I will, I, in the course of my watching these Australia documentaries, there was a, there was a, a horrible, like, uh, story of a tropical storm, or a, a typhoon that hit Australia, and it was, it was like, it hit Darwin. So yeah. I don't know if that's the one. <clears throat> what year was it? Uh, 1996. Yeah, it would have been right about around right. that time. Yeah. yeah, I know we had our missionaries from Australia who were here last year, Pete and Jessica Blake. Their area had been hit by a. Uh, uh, cyclonic activity, a typhoon right. down there, and uh, leveled the area. They're at Ingham area and that that part of Queensland Near and Brisbane. the coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so what was the final score there? Uh, the final score there is uh, zero zero one, which means Chris. Chris had the one point. Yes, oh, Chris. <laughs> good job. Good job. Knew it. Um, so, something <laughs> I learned from Mike Middlebrook, who is our resident meteorologist uh everyone's best friend during rainy season by the way mm-hmm. and uh other times of year too well, chess match time he's really good as well um he this guy is full of information when it comes to this this is his profession and he's the one who told me years ago that so it's called cyclonic activity if it is a weather pattern that swirls i believe and then north of the equator cyclones which are uh, typhoons in the Pacific, hurricanes in the Atlantic. That's what the difference. They spin at a clockwise rotation. South of the equator, counterclockwise. Mm. And it's and you can you can see it. Like if you ever see a storm that's going towards Australia and a storm's coming this way, you'll see they spin opposite directions. Mm-hmm. 
really very interesting. That's why all the, the merchants and traders that came to America traveled um, <clears throat> to the north, but then you also always see the path back to the to the to Europe was through the southern hemisphere mm-hmm. up, yeah, yeah. Uh, across that way. So it created the circle. This was a lot of new information for me because I obviously I've grown up most of my life in the Midwest of states, yep tornado so, yeah country. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you very much, Sebastian. We're going to be talking even more about that throughout the rest of the show. But I think what we're going to do is take a very short break for a little Our Daily Bread moment. And then when we come back, this day in history with Lawrence Nagengast as we also all take our final sips from our drinks from the hub. Listeners, it is 3.54 p.m. on Live Till 5. You know what? Hold on. Scratch that. We're going to pull an audible. Pull an audible. Call an audible. The Kansas City Chiefs just beat the New England Patriots, by the way. Hope you you weren't uh, DVRing that, by the way. Um, <laughs> they killed them. You know, we have six minutes. Instead of taking a break, why don't we just do this day in history now? I mean, let's let's live dangerously. Sure. That's cool. Sure. That's, I think yeah. it's better. Sorry. Are you ready? We're living super you dangerously. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, daily bread was going to be the saving grace. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, we're good. Okay. We're good. All right. All right. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, what it, it is uh, September 8th. And I'm sure that in history, a lot happened on September 8th. Like, maybe some things that are so unbelievable, they'd be, it's, it's almost hard to put into words. They're yeah. like psych Kansas be Olivia's. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, that big. Yep. That big. Yep. That, this, this is the cyclone version of this day in history. It's so big, so devastating, so just amazing. Guys are really building this up. <laughs> Could have taken that break in about the same amount it, of time. It might yeah. only be as big as Nancy. <laughs> yeah, okay. you All right. Might. Okay. Nancy. All right. Go ahead, Nancy. Uh, 1504, Michelangelo's statue of David is unveiled in That's Florence. Big. That's cool. That is a big Huge. deal. Yeah. 1522, Spanish navigator Juan de Elcano returns to Spain, completing the first net navigation of, of the globe. The reason why? He's the man to take over for Ferdinand Magellan oh. after he was killed in the Philippines. I've heard of him. So, yes, we have heard of him. The guy after the legend is always yeah, forgotten. Yeah, living in too big of a shadow there. Tell me about it. Uh, 19- I ran the radio station after John <laughs> Collier. Everyone's like, Jared, who? Oh, are you the guy that kept messing it up? <laughs> yep. Uh, 1858, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln supposedly says in a speech, you may fool all the people some of the time. You can even fool some of the people all the time. But you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Did, was the next verse something about woodchucks? I don't have the okay. second verse. I was going to say, Chuck, I was gonna say Chuck, could have fooled Chuck, me. You know, I probably <laughs> could have just, <laughs> just could have kept going. <laughs> but you can't fool all of us all the time. That's right. Uh, so, um, 1939, FDR declares limited national emergency due to the war in Europe. And, of course, we know where that ends up heading. Uh, 1945, Hideki Tojo, Japanese prime minister during most of World War II, attempts suicide rather than face war crimes tribunal, attempts fails, and later he is hanged. Um, so this is the guy that mainly um, ran Japan. You had the emperor Hirohito, but then Hideki Tojo and his uh, the gentleman working with him are the ones that really made the decision uh, decisions for Japan uh, pretty much through the entire war. Uh, and then we try to get something, you know, recent and positive here at the end. Um, yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to end on Tojo's hanging, if possible. If, if possible. <laughs> yeah. Anything tennis related, maybe? Uh, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, mixed have, doubles, possibly, or anything. That, like that? They just. Yeah. I do. Third hundred thirty fourth women's U.S. Open. Serena Williams beats Caroline Wozniacki. <laughs> 
2014. Not doubles, but yeah. Great. No, it wasn't. That, that'll work. <laughs> okay, you know, leaving on <laughs> a tennis work. note. That's positive. A top of the hour tennis note. Yeah, that if is you're fantastic. a if you're a Williams sisters uh, tennis fan, then that's positive. Or if you're a Jehovah's Witness. Wonderful. What? <laughs> the Williams sisters are Jehovah's Witnesses, oh, from no. what I've read. Okay. So if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're a tennis fan, that was like a big day. Yeah. Yep. Or if you're, yeah. Or if you don't like, I better just stop. Yeah. This yeah. is like yeah. going nowhere fast. Lawrence, is that is that uh, this day in history? Yeah, that's that's it. We have abbreviated this <laughs> segment of the show to about four minutes now. That's that's great. No, it's it's totally it's about fine. right. You're, it's about yeah, right. Yeah. Nobody's tuning in for this day. So uh. I I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Some people love it. Some people love it. My phone is lighting up right now. Oh, it's I'm supposed to pick up milk on the way home. It's okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. My wife did just text me, but it's not about Lawrence's segment. So maybe people aren't listening, Lawrence. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. These if are Lindsay re- were here. These are recorded for years. That's they'll, right. They'll be pulled back and be vital well, that's, information you know, someday. They, that'll be the only thing pulled. 175 from the years from now, someone's going to open that Guam time capsule. And they're going to pull out the thumb drive that has this show on it, yep. and they're going to be like, "Is where, this what life was like?" Where can I like? get some of that cider? Those the, exactly. <laughs> Maybe they still have some. And, and then, man, those people were intelligent, articulate, yeah, and fun to be with, and liked skiing. <sighs> they yeah yeah they, even yeah. into trees <laughs> yeah yeah. You know, there's uh, there's say, a lot was there to be learned. Was there skiing on Guam at that time? Wow, that's what they'll yeah. totally threw them off. And then wow. it'll be like one of your documentaries. It'll be like, and the reason they did this is because they were motivated by whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listeners, we're going to take a short break for the news. Lawrence, this is for real. This is not a false start. This is we're actually ending the hour now. Going to take a short break for the news. Lawrence, thanks for coming by today, brother. Have a great weekend. Chris, you come back with the news after the top of the hour. And Sebastian, thank you very much for the quiz. And, uh, you know, I hope you still just stop walking in the rain. Thanks. You know you should marry someone that has a car. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a short break. Listeners, we'll be back with more Live Till 5 after the SRN News. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, and Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News. back with the second hour of Live Till 5. It's 4.04 p.m. on Friday, September 8th. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, if you're listening locally here in Barragata, Guam. You can listen online as well through khmg.org. Then doesn't matter where you're at. You don't even have to have a radio. Just go to the web, KHMG. That's our call sign, KHMG.org. You can listen to the live stream there. You can also download the podcast of this show and many other great shows we produce here at KHMG. Maybe this show is a little, you know, lighthearted for you and you'd like to listen to some good preaching. Hey, we have about half a dozen great preaching programs that you can download the podcast through KHMG.org. I encourage you, check it out. Also, go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. 
follow us and then you'll get updates if you're following us and you know you don't block us out or whatever with your settings you'll get regular updates anytime we add something new we make a new post we we will put a link to the new podcast things like that great way to stay in touch with us it's also your pipeline to send information back to us if you have a comment a question a suggestion you can send us a message through facebook you can also email us through our website there at khmg.org or you can stop by the studio 8 a.m to 4 p.m monday through friday we're on the third floor located directly above the hub you know that coffee shop we talk about so much? Yeah, it's just right downstairs. That's why it's so convenient for us to play What's in My Coffee during the first hour every week. That has been part of the show ever since the very beginning. And we love talking about the hub. Because it is really a great little coffee shop. We are so blessed. It's one of the best kept secrets around here. We, we don't want it to be a secret, but if you're not on campus, you know, you might never know what you're missing. So that's why we like to talk about it. Anyway... Every week, I talk a little bit about some idioms, figures of speech from the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. It's a scholastic book provided to me by PC, who is also a wordsmith. And she heard us talking about idioms probably two years ago, gave me this little dictionary, been working our way through alphabetically. We're already at the letter T, almost the letter U. You ever hear the idiom, turn up your nose at someone? It means to re- regard something with haughtiness, snobbiness. Actually, I think we talked about that last week. How about this one? There, that's why my bookmark was here. Under the table. It means in secret, dishonestly, not out in the open. Sometimes people who wanted to unlawfully influence public officials passed money under the table, not out in the open, as a bribe or a payoff. Cheating card players often slipped cards under the table to their partners. During Prohibition in the United States, 1920 to 1933, Selling liquor was illegal, but people could buy it secretly under the counter, quote-unquote, where the police couldn't see it. During World War II, the sale of many daily items was rationed, strictly limited. But some shopkeepers kept things under the counter, not out on the shelves, for their friends and relatives. So, from many sources, the phrase, under the table, has come to describe any dishonest transaction done on the sly. An idiom that has the same meaning is under the counter. So under the table, under the counter. Under the weather. In the mid-1700s, many people in the United States traveled by boat. In stormy weather, when the water was rough, a lot of people got seasick and were said to be suffering under the influence of bad weather. Soon the phrase was shortened to just under the weather. The saying first appeared in a novel in the 1850s. It means to be sick, not well, in trouble with money, under the weather. How about this one? I won't say the idiom. You listeners say it at home or in the car while I read you the definition. Imagine being in a rowboat on a river or a creek far from home and you lose your oar. That's the picture painted by this early 20th century idiom. It means to be in deep trouble and unable to do anything about it. In serious trouble is the idiom, yes, up a creek without a paddle. How about this one? Which idiom means in big trouble, in difficult or desperate situation? The example of an American slang in the late 19th century probably refers to the practice of lining people up against walls for a variety of reasons. Suspected criminals stand against a wall for a police lineup. Police often make a person being arrested lean forward with his or her hands against the wall. A robber may also hold his or her prey at gunpoint against the wall to prevent the victim from escaping. The idiom is up against a wall in big trouble. 
Which idiom is this? The expression began to be widely used in the mid-1800s. It has to do with a loaf of bread. The best parts, the tastiest parts of a loaf of bread came to mean the best class of people, the most elite in society. Those with the highest intellectual, social, or economic status, high society, the financially elite, they are the what? Upper crust. How about this one? The last you. There weren't very many you idioms here. From ancient Roman times comes this famous saying. Although the Romans just said wagon, so to speak, a fruit was named to this later on in the late 1800s because it helped create a metaphor for ruining something that was carefully arranged. Imagine a farmer or a vendor pushing a large wagon piled high with fruit to the market. Along comes some clumsy oaf who knocks over the cart and spills all the apples. What is the phrase? Upset the apple cart. To spoil or interfere with the plan. To obstruct progress. To mess everything up by surprise or by accident. And those are today's idioms. I love doing those because, you know, we have people that listen to the show who did not grow up speaking English. Or, even though they grew up speaking English, a lot of these phrases are regional and colloquial. And so sometimes you might have heard the phrase, but you either didn't know what it meant or you definitely didn't know where it came from. Like I didn't know upset the apple cart came all the way from ancient Rome. Chris, did you know that's the origin of upset the apple, apple cart? I didn't. When you said that with the, the, the wagon tipping over, I was thinking about another idiom, which is I'm going to fix your wagon. Oh, yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah, which is different, though. And that's one of those idioms that means the exact opposite of what it sounds like. Because if you just said, hey, I'll fix your wagon, means, oh, they're going to help me. Yeah. But that's not what that means at all. They're going to hurt you. Yeah, it means to hurt you. Yeah. So there are quite a few like that as well. I love idioms. Matter of fact, listeners, if you ever have one you'd like me to research or you have one that's very interesting you'd like to send in, all you need to do is uh, send it to us through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam, or go to our email at khmg.org. Either way, love to hear it from you. And uh, those are my friends who have my cell number. You can text it to me as well. I'll, I'll check it out. We love listener-submitted content here on Harvest Family Radio. One little comment goes a long way with us. I mean, we are, we are, we are just ripe for receiving any kind of verbal feedback at all because uh, – I just bumped into a, a friend this summer, and he told me that uh, he listens to Harvest Family Radio all the time. And it was an unsolicited comment. It was such a blessing. I've, I've been, I think I've been um, encouraged by that one comment. It's, it's kind of carried me for months. So, But I, I'm due for another one. So if someone would like to leave a comment about Harvest Family Radio, it doesn't have to be about Live Till 5. Matter of fact, I don't really expect any of them to be about Live Till 5. But just leave us a positive comment. We'd love to, love to hear from you khmg.org, or through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Chris, is anything at all happening in the news? There's a few things happening. I'm not going to address all the top stories, which are all uh, regarding storms and fires and things of that nature, natural disasters. Uh, Those are being addressed at the top of the hour with SRN News. But there are other things. And we do encourage people to tune in at the top of the hour because that is when you will hear uh, SRN News, and we download the latest news every hour right yep every hour we get new news and this news uh, most of the things we're going to discuss here either with topic or with uh, actual story are follow-ups from what we've done before and the first one is regarding brexit 
You know, remember all the oh, way yeah. back last year when we talked about Brexit, British Prime Minister Theresa May called on Parliament on Thursday to support legislation to sever political, financial, and legal ties with the European Union, a step toward Brexit. The opposition says it will challenge the repeal bill or EU withdrawal bill is central to the government's plan to exit the bloc in 2019, untangling Britain from a more than 40 year uh, EU lawmaking and repealing their treaty also that they first made with Britain as a member of the European Union starting in 1972. Uh, One other thing, we've talked about some tech news the last few weeks, so I wanted to sort of follow up on Apple because Amazon really was in the news last week, Apple this week. Their new iPhone hit production glitches early in, in the manufacturing process that could lead to supply shortfalls and shipping delays following its launch next week. The production glitches pushed the manufacturing process back about a month. Fans and investors are eagerly looking forward to the 10th anniversary iPhone 8 to see whether it will deliver enough new features to spark a new generation to turn to Apple. That's interesting because Apple is no longer the hot commodity that it was just three, four years ago, especially among younger consumers who are increasingly using things like uh, Android and yep. even crazy things like Windows phones. And, yep. and there's not even very many of those anymore. There so. might be a little bit of uh, just they don't want what their parents have. They want something that's their own. So, right. you know, if all their parents are on, they're, you know, playing solitaire on their iPads and they have their iPhones the kids are like, ah, I don't need an iPhone. I want a Samsung or whatever. And so I know that's actually true with one of my three children in my house. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want an iPhone. I want a Samsung. And it's just because I think that they, you know, they perceive, okay, this is this is like my parents' phone. And so I need something of my own. It's, it's that way with social media. Sure. A lot of the younger generation, I sound like the older generation when I call them the generation, but... They're moving away from social media that their parents use, and they're going to other forms of social media because they don't want to have that overlap. Right. Well, it's a concern for Apple, certainly. Uh, Another uh, item that um, this is at least on the uh, journalism front, we've talked about this uh, somewhat often, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has personally intervened to bar an Al Jazeera journalist from a government conference on press freedoms that uses the pan-Arab broadcaster as a case study. Bureau Chief Walid Omari and his exclusion from attending this seminar. The seminar is titled Limits of Free Expression, The Dilemma Between National Security and Freedom of the Press, Al Al Jazeera as a Case Study. That's the title of the conference. Um, This is just a month after Netanyahu threatened to shut the Qatar-based outlet and shut down their Israeli offices. The government press office said Thursday that the prime minister is still pushing to strip Al Jazeera reporters of their credentials and close their offices, but the move does face some legal hurdles. Last month, the office threatened to revoke an Al Jazeera reporter's credentials after a 2016 interview surfaced in which he expressed that is the reporter support for Palestinian resistance. 
So it's an interesting um, discussion to have about press freedom versus are you undermining uh, the efforts of your own country to promote other, I mean, the enemy, to yeah. promote the enemy. Hmm. So uh, that's not a that's not a, an open and shut case. Right. If you know anything about the history of World War II and World War One, even. So uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion at the very least. I have though I have one more item. Yes. That's harvest news. Okay. Harvest related news, and that is our new website hbcguam.org. And the reason that's a news item is because, really, for real, that launched this week. We that site has been available to, to for people to use for several months. Kind of soft launched, I guess, back in. Could have been February or March. I'm not sure which month. But uh, now if you go to hbcguam.net, it will actually push you to hbcguam.org. And so we were excited about that because it's been a long time coming. We've been building websites for, well, since I've been here. So for two years. So we now have hbcguam.org, which is kind of our hub. Um, There's, of course, khmg.org, which has been around for a, a year and a half or so. Um, HCAGuam.org, which has been around more than a year and a half. Um, HBBCGuam.org, which is Harvest Baptist Bible College. And we have a network of websites. Now, if you Harvest go, House. HarvestHouseGuam.org yep. as well. We've, we've built a lot of websites yeah. in the last two years. Yeah. And a lot of great content. One thing I was going to mention, this is, this is a little bit self-serving uh, Harvest News, but... Sure. Um, khmg.org just my wife and i have been working on search mechanisms for radio programs so what you can do now is if you go to the building great leaders um, part of the website or the harvest echoes part of the website you can search by speaker by topic by sermon title or by scripture passage and immediately it will pull up all the sermons like on romans or on ephesians or on uh Oh, that's excellent. And and by topic as well. So we've got all the topics lined out. So that's pretty good, meaning we've been working not just on launching the websites, but right. on really good ways for people to interact with right. the websites. So a fully searchable library by topic, author, or, or speaker? Topic, uh, title, uh, passage of scripture, or um that's speaker. excellent. Oh yeah. wow, that's great. So I'm that's on, great. We're almost done with that, and then when we get that when we get that finished, we're going to put all the libraries together, and then we'll have a media search tool, and you can go to because they're we're it's kind of like our own little sermonaudio.com in a way. Yeah, and there's about uh, I have about uh, 870 um, preaching and teaching programs on khmg.org right now. Wow. Uh, that's Heart of Harvest, Living Redemptively, Building Great Leaders, Harvest Echoes. And then there are a few other programs that we're also going to enter into the, the database, like uh, Carson Fremont, the Carson Fremont program. So, yep. And all that will be searchable. You can type in Romans, and you'll get every sermon we got on Romans. So if you were studying Romans and you wanted to hear sermons on passages that you were interested yep. in. so yep. And something that I, I think— you know, should go without saying, but I think it's it's probably worth pointing out is that um, Harvest we're very selective about who we invite to speak. Sure. So we don't just say, "Oh, that's a popular speaker. Let's have them come here." We're very particular about who we have speak. We want to make sure that not only are they orthodox, but that they are uh, compatible with our philosophy of ministry and theology, and um, so, you know, as Paul told Timothy, you know, t- 
take pay attention to your doctrine and your manner of life. We we're very much uh, concerned with that when it comes to who we have preach, whether it's a broadcast on the radio or someone that physically stands in our pulpit. And so th- the one thing that is unique about this is you can trust every single sermon on there is biblical, theologically accurate. It's not going to cause any confusion. You don't have to filter and say, well, you know, I don't know who this speaker is. They, they're kind of, you know, edgy. This is all just very biblically conservative, orthodox preaching and teaching, and uh, every single sermon on there is valuable and edifying. And so I can say that, you know, having been here all these years, having heard many of these in person and on the radio, uh, I can promise you there's not a sermon on there that we ever have to give a disclaimer or apologize for. Right. And that's and and I think that's that's one of the blessings of having um a ministry like KHMG that is an outflow of Harvest Baptist Church. Because Harvest Baptist Church kind of stands at the gate and makes sure that the only things that come in are things that we can say we know this glorifies God and it's going to edify believers. So that's that's kind of my little plug for uh, why there's a certain value. Of course, there are a lot of great things out. You could Google a sermon on Romans, and you'll find tons, millions of them probably. But to be able to filter through and say, okay, well, are some of these like could be from false teachers, they could be watered down, they could be confusing. Anything you get from our website is going to be right down the line, biblical. Check it out for yourself. Open your Bible. Study it with the preacher or the the teacher. Exactly what you'd expect from Harvest. I mean, from Harvest Baptist Church, it's going to be very similar to what, if you showed up on a Sunday morning, whatever you hear on the that audio is going to be very similar yep. to what you hear on a Sunday morning yep. or a Sunday night. Yeah. We Matter of fact, we... we make Harvest Baptist Church is at the center of all our ministries, and so it would be uh, an oxymoron to have Harvest Family Radio be different theologically than Harvest Baptist Church. They must be aligned with each other, and so it's it's really at the heart of what we do and why we do it. It's why KHMG is underneath our church. It's why it's part of it, and we really view it as a privilege to be able to have it. So. Yeah. All right, Chris, what are you doing this weekend? Some more 360 pictures? Yeah, a little photography probably. We've got some discipleship on Sunday afternoon, some discipleship courses with some uh, students at Harvest Baptist Bible College, and um, looking forward to that. Great, great. I enjoyed uh, going down to Transworld Radio with you and your son the other night. It's good. Did Stephen's picture turn out? Uh, It wasn't as good as he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, but he's... It'd be all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, the uh, that that uh, Magellan Monument's not going anywhere, so I guess he can no. go and get another picture of it if he wants. Yeah, so. absolutely. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, Chris, for uh, all the hard work up here. As I'm going to be talking about storm preparedness in a little while here, and uh, if we have storms, KHMG will be on the air helping our people here in Guam know what to do, what the weather, what to expect, things like that. So thanks a lot, Chris. Have a great weekend. Thank you. All right, listeners, we're going to take a short break. It is 4.24 p.m. on this Friday, September 8th. If you're listening to the live broadcast, if you're listening on Saturday, it's between noon and 2 or Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. when we rebroadcast this live show in its entirety on khmg.org or 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. Or you can download the podcast through khmg.org as well. We'll take a short break when we come back. We're going to talk about our topic of the day, 
storms and storm preparedness, plus a few stranger than fiction stories. You're not going to miss want to miss it. This is Jared Baldwin, host of Live Till 5 here on KHMG. With a little more live till five, I'm your host Jared Baldwin. It is 4:29 p.m. on Friday, September 8th, here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us. Stranger than fiction. First, let me start off with more of a little informational article. You ever wonder why different weather apps have different forecasts? That's an article by Katie Horowitz from June of this summer. And this is in the Virginia Pilot newspaper online. People have been trying to predict the weather for thousands of years. You'd think that by now we'd have sorted it out. Yet open three different weather apps on your phone and you'll probably find three different, slightly different forecasts. How hard can it be to get the weather right? Well, pretty hard. Even weather experts agree that meteorology is an art as much as it is a science. Weather apps are like weather reports on TV which never seem to match up either. That's because each app or station uses its own systems and formulas to predict the meteorological future. Meteorologist Jeff Masters is the founder of Weather Underground. You start with the same fundamental mathematical equations to govern the motion of the atmosphere, he told the Virginia pilot, but the coding is different. Every forecaster starts with the same raw data, a fire hose of information pouring in from satellites, radar, and variables. And they will all be relevant for the given situation. No matter what channel you watch, site you visit, or app you download, you're getting you're going to have to make room for a little bit of error. Meteorologists call their forecasts guidance, not the future. Some apps guidance hits the mark more often than others, but the best weather app for you depends on what you want. The Weather Underground app for iOS and Android is free and super detailed. The Weather Channel iOS and Android is also free, but focuses more on social media, allowing users to share weather updates with friends. Dark Sky, which costs $3.99, is hyper-local and immediate, focused on the present moment and the next few hours. For true weather nerds, there's RadarCast Elite for $1.99 only on iOS, which offers high-definition radar images so you can watch the pressure systems roll in. Very interesting. I always wondered why they were so different. So now for some stranger than fiction stories. Now, we've been doing this since the very first episode of the show, 230 episodes ago. And this was something that was in my mind as we were talking about what would a good, entertaining talk and variety show, meaning we talk a lot, but we want to have a lot of variety, uh, a talk and variety program, what would be something interesting to every type of person that's listening? Some people, they like everything. Some people, they're pretty particular and they don't like much of anything. Like it might be too entertaining or too funny or too lighthearted or too scientific or whatever. So we're trying to hit a lot of different demographics. And these stranger than fiction stories might appeal to nobody but myself. 
these are things that in Jared Baldwin's mind are just interesting, weird, funny, infuriating, etc. So, stranger than fiction. Please humor me for a moment. These are both from Japan, and they both have to do with death. So, yeah, you can already tell where this is headed. How about this? From Tokyo, Reuters. Japanese company has introduced a new role for SoftBank's humanoid robot, Pepper, a Buddhist priest to hire at funerals. Chanting sutras in a computerized voice while tapping a drum, the robot was on display on Wednesday at the Funeral Industry Fair, the life-ending industry expo in Tokyo. (laughs) Who would want to go to that? Anyway. Uh, Nisei Eco Company, the uh, unlisted plastic molding maker, wrote the chanting software for Pepper, which was introduced by SoftBank Group Corporation in 2014. With Japan's population aging and shrinking, many Buddhist priests receive less financial support for their um, communities, prompting some of the to find part-time work outside temple duties, according to uh, an executive advisor with the company. Buddhist priest Tetsuyu Matsuo said he came to the expo to see if Pepper could impart the heart aspect to a machine because I believe the heart is the foundation of religion. The robot has not yet been hired for a funeral. So that's interesting. I don't know if they're going to actually end up doing it, but they're trying it. The title of the article grabbed my attention. In Japan, robot for hire, programmed to perform Buddhist funeral rites. Here's another one. Maybe it's because they just had this big conference about ending life in Japan. 23-year-old Undertaker won a contest in Japan's biggest funeral expo on Thursday that tested ancient skills in the ritual of dressing the dead. I practice every day to prepare for this competition, said the smiling Reno Terai, Terai, after her win over three other finalists. I took videos and made improvements by asking myself, does this look beautiful? Am I treating the deceased kindly? Japan's Shinto religion believes that the soul is impure shortly after death, and the process of dressing a body, usually in front of close relatives only, purifies the deceased spirit before sent to the other world. Japan aging society has increased demands for undertakers with special skills. So, basically, there are about 2,000 undertakers whose expertise in is dressing the deceased, but their skills vary a lot. I wanted this competition to be ways to spur undertakers to improve their skills, he said. The four contestants dressed live human volunteers laying on mattresses arranged on stage. They were observed by three judges as funeral music gently played in the background. The four were judged on the grace of their movements and their ability to dress the body without revealing too much bare skin. The movements of their hands were really beautiful. Uh, Akene Matsuda said after watching the competition. Who would watch the competition? Sorry. That's just troubling to me that there is a dressing of the dead competition and that there are people that are spectators. Just very unusual. Anyway, hey, let's talk about something. um, I don't know if it's more happy or not. Typhoon vulnerability study for Guam. Let's see here. This is from Weary, W-E-R-I, in cooperation with a number of other government agencies. Guam has the highest risk of being hit by a typhoon or hurricane of any state or territory in the United States, according to Weary. 
It also has one of the highest risks for getting a typhoon strike of any densely populated area in the world. Furthermore, Guam is susceptible to being hit by the world's largest and most intense tropical cyclones. For these reasons, it is only prudent but essential that island leaders have a clear idea of vulnerability of the island and various sectors of the typhoon's hazard. In 1995, a hurricane program needs assessment was prepared for Guam at the insistence of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA. Among a multitude of other needs, it identified the need for comprehensive typhoon vulnerability study for the island, a requirement of FEMA for typhoon-prone areas. The purpose of the following vulnerability assessment while satisfying these requirements is to give Guam leadership a document which can base critical preparedness, response, recovery, and mitigation decisions. Vulnerability study was designed as an operational manual, etc., etc. But basically, this report from 1999, mind you, from Weary, government agency which studies these types of things, says that Guam has the highest of anywhere in the United States or territories risk of getting hit with a typhoon, a direct typhoon, and even the highly or densely populated areas being hit with typhoons. Now, for many of you, if you've been on Guam for less than a few years, you maybe have never experienced a serious typhoon. We had a storm a couple of years ago, Typhoon Dolphin. It was when I was up here as the interim radio station manager. And I remember it was a Friday afternoon and we were tracking the storm. And as the storm approached, the last report we got right before the end of Live Till 5 was that the storm was going north of Guam, south of Rota, and that it was going to kind of go between us. And right as we were ending the show... I was watching our weather gizmo here. We have a little uh, weather vane on the roof that has the the uh, wind oscillometer, whatever you call it, basically wind speed meter and things like that. And all of a sudden, the wind picked up to 70 miles per hour at like 4.55, right at the end of the show. And we started to come to the realization we were getting hit by the edge of the typhoon. What had happened, they had predicted the track of the storm to go a little north of the island, but when it got up parallel to the north end of the island, it drifted sideways. It kind of slid right across us, and we did get hit with the edge of that storm. But really, that storm was not that devastating for us. It was devastating for others. But here are just a few storms. Those of you who've been here, you might remember 1976, Typhoon Pamela. 1988, Typhoon Roy. 1990, Typhoon Russ. 91, Yuri, 92, Super Typhoon Omar. So 88, 90, 91, and 92, all direct hits of typhoons. And Super Typhoon was 1992. 1997, Super Typhoon Paka. 2002, Chata An, and 2002, also Super Typhoon Pong Song Wa. So the three supers, 92, 97, and 2002. Now I can see why they said every five years because that would have been the exact track of that. Every five years they were getting hit with a super typhoon. And my first year on Guam was 2002. So I experienced Typhoon Chata'an, direct hit that I passed right over the island, and super typhoon Pong Song Wa. That was my first year on Guam. Now, as I look at these, Typhoon Omar 
from some of the things I read, uh, was the worst typhoon to hit Guam. So uh, on Guam, Omar caused one death and $457 million in 1992 uh, worth of damage. Strong gusts up to 154 miles per hour left nearly the entire island without power for several days. The outages disrupted the water system, prevented the island-based Joint Typhoon uh, Warning Center from issuing advisories for 11 days. Damage destroyed 2,158 houses, leaving 3,000 people homeless. Uh, In response to the destruction, the island's building codes were updated to withstand winds of 155 miles per hour, and insurance companies discounted new policies for structures not made of concrete. While passing well north of the Philippines, the typhoon killed 11 people and wrought $903 million dollars. Uh, 903 pesos, sorry, 903 million pesos, $35 million worth of damage. 538 houses were, were destroyed as well. Omar then brushed the southern islands of Japan with strong gusts, light rainfall. But Omar originally uh, originated from a tropical disturbance that was first noticed on August 20th over the open Pacific Ocean, exhibited persistent convection and thunderstorms during the early phase uh, Two tropical cyclones dissipated. Another became um, extra-tropical across the western Pacific Basin. And basically, uh, Omar, when it came to Guam, it did massive, massive damage. And I've heard people that were here talk about it. And uh, Omar, damage on Guam was heaviest from the central region to the northern coast, in particular tourist areas and military bases. Naval Computer and Telecommunications Area Master Station was shut down uh, due to power edges and water damage to generators. USS Niagara Falls and the USS White Plains, both naval supply ships, were aground due to rough seas and strong winds. And the dry dock at Upper Harbor was washed ashore. Omar destroyed dozens of businesses on the island. High winds knocked the crane into an apartment building downed 400 wooden and 20 concrete power poles across Tumon, leaving 70% of the island without power. Throughout Guam, Omar disrupted transportation communication systems, led to the failure of water pumping systems. Landslides uh, covered roads and low-lying areas were flooded. 2,000 homes were destroyed, another 2,200 damaged to varying degrees. Can you imagine that? 2,000 homes destroyed, not, and then another 2,200 damaged. Displacing nearly 3,000 people, destruction was heaviest to wooden structures. Buildings made of concrete fared relatively well during the storms. Island-wide damage totaled $457 million, split evenly between the military base and civilian damage. One person did die. 200 people were required, required emergency treatment, including 80 injured by flying debris. So that was Omar. That was way before my time. That was in the early 90s. I had a friend stationed here at that time. I was stationed in Misawa, Japan, and my friend got stationed here uh, right at the beginning uh, of that year, I believe, and ended up surviving Typhoon Omar. Typhoon Pongsongwa was my first year here. The last typhoon of 2002, uh, the Pacific typhoon season, second costliest in United States disaster in 2002, only behind Hurricane Lily. The name Pongsongwa contributed North Korea was uh, contributed by North Korea, figures, uh, for the Pacific Tropical Cyclone List, and uh, the Korean name uh, for the Garden 
Balsam. Pongsungwa developed out of an area of disturbed weather on December 2nd, steadily intensified to reach typhoon status on the 5th. On December 8th, it passed through Guam and the northern Marianas Islands and near peak winds 175 kilometers, 110 miles per hour. Ultimately turned northeast weekend and became extratropical December 11th. Produced strong wind gusts 173 miles per hour which left the entire island of Guam without power and destroyed 1,300 houses. With strong building standards and experience from repeated typhoon strikes, there were no fatalities directly related to Pong Song Wa, although there, were some, there was an indirect death from flying debris. Damage on the island totaled over $700 million. Okay, that would be $932 million by today's standards, making Pong Song Wa among five of the costliest typhoons on the island. Typhoon caused heavy damage to Rhoda and elsewhere in the Northern Marianas. As a result of its impact, um, the name was retired. So there will never be another typhoon, Pong Song Wa. Now, here at Harvest, the way that impacted us was we were, we were the day before on that Saturday having our all-staff Christmas party. So we were decorating and cooking. Back then, we used to have it here in the old chapel building. We would turn that into a big banquet hall. We had skits and songs that night. It was so much fun. But the whole time we knew John Collier sitting up here at KHMG in the radio station watching the storm track was watching. This is 2002. So there was a lot of information on the internet, but it wasn't nearly as reliable as what we have now. So even with that limited information, he was also getting weather reports across the fax machine. He was uh, listening to other resources as well. And as the day progressed, the storm started tracking more and more towards Guam. And by the end of our all-staff Christmas party, the word came out that it could be, there was going to be a super typhoon and that it was going to directly hit Guam. So early the next morning, we were up here at the ministry. We ended up doing our church service over the air on the radio. And that day, we got slammed all day long. And our campus when it was all said and done, had $2 million worth of damage. So out of that $700 million, $2 million of it was right here at Harvest Ministries campus. We lost the building that we had just had our Christmas party in the night before. We went in the day after the storm. The roof was gone. The tables were wrecked. The Christmas tree was trashed. It was just terrible. We had to bulldoze that building. We lost our kindergarten building. We lost our locker room facility, part of which ended up on our third floor. And... We lost an addition that had uh, our sports uniforms. We had sports uniforms strewn across the campus. Many of our staff homes, including our pastor's home, was was uh, damaged seriously. We had classrooms that were totally blown out. It was really a very bad time for Harvest Ministries as far as the storm goes. But I must say, God provided, he protected us. Our staff and our church members rallied together, children, teens, adults alike. Not only did we get our campus back together, but we went and helped our neighbors. We cleared trees and debris. We helped uh, school families. We helped people right here in our village. And uh, the Lord used it as a great opportunity for ministry. And so we do pray for those that are facing these types of storms right now in the States And in the Caribbean, we know that it can be very, very harrowing. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with those that are going through these storms right now. 
It is very difficult when I come back after this short break. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how to be prepared. The Weather Any Storm Guide to Typhoon Readiness on Guam that I downloaded just today from Civil Defense. I want to share that with you. And uh, this was posted a couple years ago, but the information is very good. And I'd encourage you to tune back in or stay tuned for the last few minutes of Live Till 5 when we talk about how to be prepared for typhoons because we are in rainy season and we will eventually have more storms. So we want you to be prepared. We want to be part of that for you, ministering to you at KHMG. So stick around a little more Live Till 5 talking about storm preparedness after this short break. God, walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last seven, eight minutes of Live Till 5. It's 4.52 p.m. on this Friday, September 8th, episode 230 of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Let's wrap up the show talking about something serious. This is from the Office of Civil Defense. You can go to their website. This is prepared by Guam Homeland Security, Office of Civil Defense, Weather Any Storm, Guide to Typhoon Readiness on Guam. First off, we learned from the past, you know, when I talked about those other storms, It's not to scare you, but it is to give you a certain sobriety about the power of storms. The reason we have no fatalities recently in Guam typhoons is because people have learned and prepared themselves. The government of Guam does an outstanding job getting people ready and individuals, families, mayors, uh, public servants, they all do a great job of getting people prepared for storms. Guam weathers storms well. But remember that you cannot wait until the day before a storm to get yourself prepared. That's what I think the, the, the sadness, the sobriety you hear in the voice of the governor of Florida when you hear those news reports about don't wait until the day of the storm to evacuate. Those are serious. I can't imagine being in a situation like that. We are very well prepared here with just a few simple things. Already start thinking about your emergency plan. What do you do without power? What do you do without water? What do you do if the ATMs are down? Make sure your children know how to to contact you if maybe they're home from school and you're at work and, and it starts getting stormy. Make sure that you have a radio. Listening to radio during storms might be your only connection to outside information. The internet can go down, phone lines go down. But, you know, radio, usually there's at least one radio station that's able to stay on the air. God has blessed Harvest Family Radio to be able to stay on the air through most storms. And we keep broadcasting. When there's a big storm, we have people in studio during the entire storm trying to relay information to you. And so have a radio on hand. Uh, Make sure that you've talked with your kids about a meeting place. If you're separated, where would you meet up? Talk through those things. Have a disaster supply kit with candles and flashlights and some food. Make sure you have plenty of drinking water. Make sure you have some water for flushing toilets and things like that as well. That's why people fill their bathtubs up because 
if the water goes out, because many people, their water is not from gravity-fed water tanks, depending on where you are on the island, it's from water pumps. And if generators run out of diesel fuel, or if for some reason those pumps get disabled, some areas of Guam do not have water for flushing and washing and things like that. You can collect rainwater. Just plan ahead. Plan ahead. There's a lot of good websites out there that tell you how to do it. Talk to people that have been through these storms before. Make sure that you think about uh, if you have anyone that is elderly in your family or disabled or has some kind of challenge to plan ahead about that as well. Sometimes you need to get everyone in the same house so that you, you can keep eyes on a person. If you have a piece of property like a, like a house or an apartment that maybe no one's staying in, make sure you prepare it for the storm itself. Your vehicles, where you park them, don't park them under coconut trees. Don't park them next to uh, steel sheds that could fall over. Make sure you've, you've been wise about that. Make sure you're watching out for your neighbors. If you know you have a neighbor that has a need, if they have any kind of struggles in day-to-day life, imagine how hard it's going to be for them during storms. For pets, make sure you have plenty of food and water for them and some kind of cage or carrier because if you have to leave your house, what are you going to do with your pet? Obviously, you can't just leave your house, your, your, your pet running wild. But if you go and check into a hotel, for example, many of them won't allow you to bring your pets. So what's your plan for your pet? After the emergency, of course, stay calm. And uh, uh, I'm just kind of going through the basic outline here from Homeland Security Civil Defense here. But if you have to evacuate, how are you going to evacuate? Where are you going to go? If your power goes out, how do you handle that? Do you have a generator? Do you need a generator? You know, don't start a generator inside the house. But also, if your generator is outside, how do you secure it so it doesn't get stolen? Heard a story of someone that, that had their generator running at night to run some fans and things like that. They had it running outside. All of a sudden, their power went out. They went out to check their generator, and they found their lawnmower had been started, and their generator had been stolen. Someone started the lawnmower. It was muffled by the sound of the generator. They lifted the generator up, put it in the back of a pickup truck, and then unplugged it and drove away. And by the time the owners got outside, they heard their lawnmower running, not their generator. Make sure you've prepared your business, all your storage devices. Everything is backed up, that you have power supplies, things like that, uninterruptible power supplies. Make sure you have things inside your house that are, that are prepared for sopping up water, vacuuming up water. If you don't have power, you can't use a shop vac. So do you have a squeegee? Do you have uh, rags that you can dry things up? Can you do any of your doors or windows leak? Are you prepared for that? Uh, make sure that uh, you can turn off anything like gas lines and things like that. If you have like a, a propane line into your house, make sure you can turn that off and other things like that. Make sure you tie down everything loose outside and all the exterior things of your house that could blow away. You know, the typhoon conditions, Sebastian mentioned this in the first hour, condition of readiness for Guam's always in condition for typhoon may develop and hit the island within three days. We're always in that condition. Condition three, a typhoon may possibly hit the island in 48 hours. Condition two, a typhoon is expected to hit the island within 24 hours. And condition readiness one, a typhoon is expected to hit the island within 12 hours during condition one. Only emergency traffic should be on the roads. And there are four kinds of tropical cyclones. Number one, a depression, maximum sustained winds of 38 miles per hour. There's one out there right now that's a tropical depression. Tropical storm, number two, sustained surface winds 39 to 73 miles an hour. Number three, tropical or typhoon sustained surface winds 74 to 149 miles per hour. That's a typhoon. 
Sustained winds, 74 to 149 miles an hour. Super typhoon is sustained surface surface winds of 150 miles per hour or more. And Guam has had a few super typhoons. Not to scare you, but to just make sure that you are ready, that you're preparing yourself. We are entering storm season. We thought it would be worthwhile to take a little time today to talk about storm preparedness. Ounce of prevention, worth a pound of cure, right? So, and Harvest Family Radio will be there for you during the storms. And Lord willing, we'll just have great weather all year. But if it gets rainy, if it gets windy, it gets stormy, we'll try and be there to serve you and be a blessing to you. So be wise. Now, prepare your life for spiritual storms. Find a church that preaches the word and be there and go and listen and obey, grow, serve, become part of a local assembly of believers If you don't have a church home, I'd encourage you to visit us at Harvest Baptist Church, 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning. We'd love to have you there. I'm one of the pastors there. Come down and meet me after the service. I'm always standing down front. I'm the guy that makes announcements, and I'd love to hear that you are listening to the show. And that's it for Live Till 5. You've been listening to us on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, on this Friday, September 8th. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.